Hey, Sarasota, it's Bob. So it's been a wonderful grind over the past 18 months. We've had some fabulous guests. We've produced over 150 episodes. and We've had over 10,000 listens from you wonderful folks in the greater Sarasota area. It's been a lot of fun, but also it's been a lot of work. And so we've decided to take a little bit of a break until this fall. When you check out other podcasts, you're going to see that most put out a new episode only once a week. We put out two, so of course that means there's twice the work. A lot of show notes, scheduling, guests, editing, etc., etc., etc. So we've decided to take a little break for the rest of the summer and we will resume this fall. And we'll let you know. But before I sign off, can you do me a little favor? Reach out to us via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Drop us a little note. I'd like to know more about what you want to hear when we resume in the next couple of weeks. That'd be a big help because without you, dear listener, we would not exist. As always, thank you for tuning in. Have a wonderful summer, and we'll be back soon where you can listen, learn, and connect. Good morning, Sarasota. This is the Sarasota Stories Podcast, Episode 4. One of the more fascinating developments in patient care is combining traditional or Western-style medicine with treatments that have been around for thousands of years. Integrative medicine, as it's called today, is growing rapidly as patients look for alternative treatments to better address the root cause by treating the whole person instead of just the symptoms. Hi, I'm Bob Williams. I believe if you truly want to better understand your community to build personal, professional, and even lifelong relationships, then a willingness to hear each other's stories is an absolute must. In fact, that's why I created the Sarasota Stories podcast. It's a podcast dedicated to helping you get connected a little deeper with those living in this wonderful community we call home. In each episode, I interview business leaders, civic leaders, artists, authors, entrepreneurs, physicians, philanthropists, and others who are making a positive impact in the greater Sarasota area. Today, I'm pleased to have on my show a very skilled integrative health physician, Dr. Victoria Andersia of Healthful Roots, MD. It's a telehealth service offering personalized and tailored services to meet the needs of the individual. Victoria, as she prefers to be called, started life in Venezuela, but spent most of her life in South Florida. After becoming a doctor in internal medicine, she quickly grew disillusioned with the results she was getting in patient care. This started her on a journey to find answers. That journey led her into the field of integrative medicine. In this episode, Victoria shares what integrative medicine is, how it's different from traditional or Western medicine, the types of services that Healthful Roots MD provides, and much, much more. I'm so glad you joined us today. And as always, it is my hope that you will listen, learn, and connect. Victoria, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Pleasure having you here. You're originally from Venezuela. What what was it like growing up there? So I was born there because um, I'm, I'm the oldest, but my, fa- my parents were already living here. So what I remember from Venezuela were mostly the summers that I spent there. Uh, and I would like ping pong from like aunts and uncles houses to see my cousin. And I had a grandfather in Margarita, which is one of the islands off the coast. And I remember spending time there. Um, you know, unfortunately with the political situation, what I do remember is one of the last times I was there, my mom telling me, 
you know, this is probably the last time we're going to be here because things got really unsafe, you know, for everyone. And so that persists still. But even then, there's not really a reason to go back now. I have cousins in Portugal, Germany, France, and London. So everyone kind of just scattered after that. You're really international then. That's great. Yeah. And my stepdad raised me and he was Italian. So we have a lot of that growing up, the the Italian influence, which was fun. Wow. You're definitely global. No, I have a nephew uh, from uh, Venezuela. And of course, I'm very familiar of kind of just the rolling, uh, I don't know what you call it, rolling disaster there and whatnot. But it's it. Uh, I've spent a lot of time in South America, Brazil, Argentina, Chile. I used to send my kids down to Panama for Spanish lessons. So I've always kind of liked the Latin American vibe, but unfortunately I never made it to uh, Venezuela because I've heard it is just an absolutely gorgeous country yeah. with beautiful people. And so I've, uh, of course, I'm so sorry that it's it's just kind of been such a terrible uh, political situation for so long because I'm sure there's a lot of pent up, um, not only pent up demand, but a lot of talents there. Oh, I'm sure. And, you know, I'm lucky I grew up in South Florida, one of the, ta- like the town I'm from, is Weston and it has like the highest concentration of like Venezuelans in like that area. Oh, wow. So I can always find my favorite food, right? And that's important. How did you end up in Florida? So my mom actually went to college. She started out in New York, but it was too cold for her. And then she moved down to Boca. So that was just kind of where my parents wanted to settle when they came. I almost lived there a few years ago, uh, but we had a... um... It, we, I was doing business in the Caribbean, but we had a condominium was acted as an office in uh, Aventura. So that kind of, that was uh, quite a while ago, but uh, so I have a little bit of familiarity with the East Coast of Florida. So I, I really want to get into um, what you're doing now, which is Health for Roots. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about um, functional medicine, integrative and functional medicine, and how that kind of it differs with maybe traditional Western medicine and why you decide to go it, go that route. Okay. Um, so the main difference I would say is like, if you look at the definition of like health, it's the physical, the mental, the social well-being, right. Of a person and not just the absence of disease. So with integrative and functional medicine, what we're trying to address is the whole person, right? If someone comes to me and they're like, well, I have diabetes, like help me. I'm not going to look at the diabetes itself. I'm going to look at, you know, do you exercise? What's your diet like? Are you sleeping? You know, what's your social circle look like? And it's, it's really just you're factoring the whole person and addressing the root cause, right? I think a lot of times now people go to the doctor and they say, well, I'm a diabetic. Well, here's your pill and take it and then come back and we'll recheck. But you're not actually addressing what the problem is. And so I think that if you want to prevent disease from getting worse or, you know, secondary factors, you need to address the root cause. And when I was in residency, I remember my first six months, I was so depressed. I was like, I'm not helping people, you know, like people are coming in and out of the hospital and I was seeing the same faces over and over again. And then I started Googling, like, how do I talk to my patients about nutrition and and this? And then this integrative medicine came up from the University of Arizona. And that's when like light bulbs started flashing. And I was like, this is what I need to do, right? Because that's, that was something that I felt would make a lasting change. And that's where it all started. 
Well, th- I, that's very brave of you because coming from a traditional medicine background and having your your MD in that area, that that really says a lot for you that you can make that transition. Uh, because again, uh, at my age, I grew up in traditional medicine, medicine, and you either eat medicated or you're cut on, and that's pretty much it. I mean, the, the yeah. mental aspect of it, and really kind of the holistic approach, is just not really part of the uh, the business model or the the. Kind of the training, certainly not the training of a, of a doctor's background. No, it's it's really not. And I, I know when I started, there was a lot of people who laughed at me um, because they're like, what is that? I feel like it's a lot more like known now. Uh, a lot of time, but when I was in residency, people didn't really know what I was talking about. Now saying that I did complete, you know, I'm an MD, I did complete my residency. And I do think that traditional, you know, in Western medicine is absolutely necessary for, you know, a lot of things, life-saving, acute. Yes. Right. But I think that um, it's too much in the acute and not so much in like, okay, let's just get deeper into this individual and see how we can help them. You say Arizona now, is that Dr. Wild? Wild, Dr. Wild out there. Now, did you study underneath him or through his program? Yes, I did. So through, and that's how... um, in my second year of residency, I was super lucky that my program let me do an elective out there. And I was out there for a month, like fully immersed in, in his program. So we got to meet him and a, another, you know, a bunch of other of his colleagues. And it was not what I was expecting. Um, I was expecting like, cool, they're going to teach me how to talk to patients about nutrition and exercise and, and things like that, which we did do. But there was like this whole other aspect and it was... It was about me, right? It was about, you know, uh, you know, what are your triggers? What are like things that you still need to heal that you haven't healed? I remember crying in one of the circles about a patient that had died in the hospital mm. like a year before. It's just like you don't have time. You're like you're like running around the hospital and you don't have time to process things. So it was very much that. It was also about energy, right? Like uh, energy healing, energy in your body, and. I remember I used to tell people in the hospital, like, oh, I have like irritable bowel syndrome because when I was stressed out, like I felt like I really had irritable bowel syndrome, but it was like through the process of like, you know, let's meditate and energy and this, which was that month. It's just, I realized that a lot of what I called my, you know, quote unquote, irritable bowel syndrome was actually just like stress and anxiety. Just flat out stress. Yeah. Yeah. And I wasn't processing it. Wow. You know, it, it's interesting. I've read a lot on nutrition, a lot less of kind of the psychological. Now, now, of course, I, I, th- I think most people are going to know that, you know, stress causes our body to manifest certain certain elements of, of um, stress. But it's more the, I, I, I guess my, my understanding is more the nutritional aspect of, I just recently went whole plant. And um, it's amazing to me again, in traditional medicine, traditional Western medicine, how that, at least historically, now maybe starting to change, you would be better uh, able to comment on that than myself, but how that's just not been a part of uh, traditional medicine education at all. I mean, I have several, I have several uh, doctor friends. And I say, well, tell me about the uh, nutrition courses you took. And we, yeah. we, you know, not, not too many. What they're saying is we didn't take any. No, none. None. So... So I think that's great too. Plant-based has a lot of evidence for it. I think that's great. I know that 
I remember seeing briefly, I never worked at Sarasota Memorial, but I think as part of their cardiac program, there is something within it where they do encourage people to go plant-based. Um, but it's if you're interested as a physician, you just have to kind of go and look for it on your own. I think more medical schools are start, starting to incorporate it because we're understanding that it actually does yep. play a factor. Yes. But I mean, mine didn't. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. It's amazing because it's so common in Eastern medicine, to my knowledge. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And especially if you look at um, ancient traditions, I'm thinking specifically about Ayurveda, right? And they're talking about based off of your body types, there's things that you should eat and things that you shouldn't eat because it's going to affect your digestion differently. And it's like individualized um, based out. So they have like Vata, Kapha, and um, Pitta, which are like the different body types, mm. right? And so wherever you fit, they encourage you to eat different things. And I've never heard that, like anybody ever talk about that here in medicine. So there is a huge component. And one of my favorite functional medicine doctors is Mark Hyman. And if you listen to his podcasts, he is fully um, a believer in that food is medicine, right? Everything that you eat has an can help you or harm you. Goes all the way back to Hippocrates, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, but before we had all the uh, pharmaceutical grade drugs, they had to use it. So that that's pretty fascinating. Talk a little bit more about your time in Arizona with uh, under Dr. Weil. Uh, some of the things that you thought uh, were, were fascinating that they were teaching that that were just foreign to you at the time, and now you've been able to put them in practice, and you're starting to see some of those results. So, I would say. Um, there was a lot, it was very heavy on meditation. So I'm very uh, for pro meditation now. And they talk a lot about hypnosis, which was not something that I was very familiar with at the time, even hypnosis being related to medicine, like you can use it for kids who have anxiety, women who are about to go into labor, like train them with through hypnosis to be able to do that kind of stuff. Um, I, I don't personally like use this on clients because you have to be certified. But the other part I thought was really interesting was on the use of psychedelics in, in medicine, right? Which recently it's becoming like approved by the FDA. I know ketamine was for PTSD and like severe depression. Yes. But, I've read that. Yes. yes. And like psilocybin, especially for like end of life. And that was just, um, I was very new right and interesting especially because you're talking to doctors who are telling you like yes like we we've done this there was one doctor who had two trips a year to peru and he would take people who had ptsd or depression that was refractory to medication to go do ayahuasca ceremonies mm. which you know was just like it opened up a whole different world that i was not ever exposed to um and i thought that was very interesting and then the other aspect uh, that they brought in. We worked with a Native American healer, which was really cool. You know, we did like one of their traditional ceremonies and it was really beautiful. Uh, the other thing that they, there was Reiki that we worked with, which is if you're not familiar, it's just like working with your energy field. Mm. They don't necessarily have to put their hands on you, but it's just like they're working with, with your energy field. And then when I was out there as well, I took a trip to uh, Sedona and lovely place. I loved it. 
It Isn't was it lovely. Yeah. It was magical. Yeah. yeah. And I worked with uh, two shamans while I was out there. Mm. And again, it was like um, energy and processing of emotions, things that were kind of just like stuck. Right. Um, and it was encouraged, like the program encouraged you to do these different things. And I think that the main thing you have to take away from that is that not everybody's going to be the same, right? You can give someone an antidepressant and that might work for them, but someone might actually need ceremony. Like the ceremony itself is, is very healing. Interesting. Right. So maybe they might want to work with a shaman or they might want to work with someone who knows Reiki and meditation. It's just, there are so many different ways that people have used these ceremonies or these modalities for healing. And it goes way, way back. Right. So everybody's yeah, thousands of years, actually. Yeah. Thousands of years. So I think it's important to realize that these things might not work for everybody, but there are people that you can say like, Hey, listen, I've, I think this might be beneficial for you and do it. Well, I I'm struck by the fact that, you know, you were trained with a scientific mind. I mean, I mean, really you, you're a scientist in medicine. Yeah. Your traditional your traditional background and whatnot. And what made you open to this alternative type of of modality? Well, when I got there, I wasn't expecting it, to be honest. I was like, yeah, you know, like I thought nutrition and got their meaning in Arizona with Dr. Yes, Watt. Like Arizona. Yes. That's uh-huh. what I thought. And then when I got there, I was like, you know what? I'm already here. I'm gonna go all in and just do all of it and see what happens, right? Like I was already there and I had made like a group of friends and they were all the same, like, you know, okay, this is not what we're expecting, but let's just like try it. And I think that it was so healing for me and I noticed the difference. Like I I came back from Arizona and people in my program were like, oh, you look different. You seem more calm, you know, like more Zen. And I was just like, it it worked. Like whatever it was that, you know, did it it definitely made a huge difference for me. And I, I can't tell you now, I don't have, you know, irritable bowel syndrome. Now I'm more aware. Now when I feel that sensation in my body, I can say, oh, like I need a timeout. Like maybe I'll meditate a little bit longer today or maybe I'll take a bath tonight. But like, it's just like an awareness. It created awareness in me. So did you change your dietary regime when you came back or? So my diet has always been like, it's, I've always been interested in that. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty good, I would say. I've made changes. Um, you also learn about with the uh, integrative medicine about the toxins that are in the environment. Oh man! And what they oh, do. My. It, that was such an overwhelming uh, part of my training. I would wish I could have just like curled in a ball and like never touched anything again. But um, so I do avoid things like plastic bottles because it has BPA, which yep. can affect your metabolism yep. and. So things like that changed, right? Where I was like more cautious of like what the packaging was, how I was cooking it. I don't use microwaves. Um, So that changed. The food itself, I've always eaten uh, pretty healthy. But what I did, I, like I said, meditation. I can tell you that I'm a different person on the days that I meditate and the days that I'm not. Interesting. That's fascinating. Well, so um, you have a a proprietary assessment that you do for clients. They come to you, they set some goals, and then you take them through the project. So just kind of take our our listeners through the steps of someone comes to you, what does that look like? And how do you get them from where they are to where they want to go? So the the main 
point of like the first assessment, it's an hour. Sometimes it goes a little bit longer. Um, but what we're trying to do is assess your goals. But I think a lot of times people come with a goal and they don't understand like the steps that it takes to get there. I think that's why New Year's resolutions often fail because the goal is I'm going to lose 20 pounds by the end of the month, but how are you going to do that? Right. So that's what we do during the first session. Okay. You know, I'm diabetic and I want to be off of my insulin. All right. Well, this is what we need to do. It's the diet part. How are you sleeping? Because sleep apnea or other sleep issues can cause insulin resistance. Are we going to exercise? And what does exercise look like to you? Right. I'm not expecting everybody to go into the gym for an hour every day. For some people, it might be, let's start with a 15 minute walk when I get home from work. So it's, it's that, um, as part of the initial assessment. And then we usually just do basic labs. uh, But if I identify something when we're talking, like if you say I have a family history of, um, you know, all my family, my dad, my grandfather had heart attacks, I might do a lipid panel that focuses on like the lipid particle size, you know, and and it's like very specific to that. So we can identify your risk factors and how to change them. If you say I'm having, you know, gut issues and my digestion is off, well, I might say, okay, let's do the basic labs with a stool study so that we can address what's going on. So it's very individualized and that's why it takes so long. Yep. Um, But then the other aspect that we have, too, is that we have a health coach. And she's awesome because she's trained, right, and like encouraging people how to do things. And she can help people set a plan depending on what their schedule is like um, or, you know, how much time they're willing to put into the cooking and things every week. Yes. Yep. So I recently uh, had a stent put in my heart. Oh, wow. And so I had a uh, high CT uh, score on my scan and uh, they went in and they saw, yep, you have you have uh, some narrowing of the arteries there. We're going to have to put a stent. And that's where the whole plant-based mm-hmm. came out. The interesting thing was, is I had to kind of find that on my own. I was not advised to go on a plant-based diet. And I again, I just find it, um, I don't know, maybe frustrating or I also find it... Um, well, I, I just, I, I'm just so glad to hear people like you that are coming out and saying, "Hey, I have the the traditional background, but there's other modalities out there that we can incorporate here that is uh, additional options, and where we're going to treat the entire, you know, treat the entire person." So I, uh, I appreciate the fact that you, that you are um, you're going in this direction. So is is this the only? I guess my question is, do you practice? traditional medicine, you know, Monday through Thursday and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, do your, uh, you know, do the uh, integrative medicine or you're full-time integrative doctor? Not yet. The goal is to be uh, full-time. So what I'm doing right now, it's like uh, locums as like wherever I'm needed, I go. Yes. And I do that about one week um, out of the month and that's in Kentucky right now. Uh, Mm which actually I love practicing medicine there compared to where, where, where in Kentucky I'm in Pikeville. It's like, uh, a, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Super small, not much to do, but as far as like the medicine goes, like yep. the hospital is like really well run. Um, so it makes my life easy and I do like it. I like it. I just think you don't have time to talk to people about this stuff in a hospital setting. 
No, you don't. I I've, have said this for years. I feel like I'm being processed rather than treated. And it's, and, and, and a lot of it's not the doctor's fault. I mean, the, the system itself is geared in such a way is to, is for throughput. It's to get people through the, get them through the process, get them through and again, write a prescription or, or whatever's needed. And then there's always 10 other people waiting to see the doctor. So it's, I'm sure it's very frustrating for you as well in that environment. It is, it is. And especially, I think sometimes people, you know, don't realize that if it seems that we're in a rush or maybe we came off as insensitive when we were saying, I mean, mm. I try not to be that way at all. It's just, you have the administrators on you, the case managers, like what is this person leaving? And then you have to go see the next patient, but the nurse needs you for the other patient. It's just the environment is like very not conducive to like sitting down and being like, Hey, let's have a conversation about what exactly. just happened. Exactly. I went concierge medicine a couple of years ago. And so I do get better attention. Uh, but I do, I, I have heartfelt sympathies for people that they're kind of stuck in that, that environment where doctor is, um, where a doctor is, uh, you know, he j just has 30 patients to see by noon, Yeah, <laughs> but that's their schedule. So, well, good. Well, share a couple of stories of folks that you have been able to help, a couple of patients that you've been able to help and uh, that are very gratifying to you. All right. So the first one that stands out, it was not an intentional one. And and it's not like my, you know, my target. I don't do like OB-GYN medicine. I just mm. do like, you know, but um, someone came to me and she was on like a, a mood stabilizer and had been on a mood stabilizer for a really long time. And this specific one, they were telling her, you can't take it during your first trimester or when you're trying to get pregnant because it has like consequences towards this developing fetus, right? Mm. So she, she made it through the first uh, trimester and like near the end of the first trimester, she reached out to me and she's like, I'm freaking out. I'm having a horrible time here. I'm about to start taking this medication again. And I was like, wait, before you do that, like, let's see if we can find something a little bit more natural, you know, that will help ease you. So we did um, magnesium supplementation because taking magnesium helps with like feelings of anxiety and we actually don't get enough in our food because the soils are depleted. Yes. So, we, so we did that. Um, baths, right, with the bath salts. And then there's something called lavella, which is like a lavender oil. Mm. Um, and they've actually done studies with that and benzodiazepines like Ativan. And the efficacy is the same, except it just takes a little bit longer for the lavella to work. That's it. Her baby is almost like a year old now. And oh, she's, wow. she hasn't gone back on, on the other medication. Wow. That's a great story. Yeah. That's so that, great. That was a cool one. And then one of the ones that I'm working on now also um, was this young lady who was pregnant during her pregnancy. She was having like really bad eczema on her lips and on her eyelids. She went to go see her OB-GYN and she was like, well, let's see what happens when you have the baby. She had the baby still having those symptoms. So the OB-GYN sent her to the dermatologist and then the dermatologist sent her to the allergist and the allergist said, well, you don't have any anything going on. And so she reaches out to me and she was like looking at her body as separate. Like she was having the symptoms here, but then it turns out that she was having gut symptoms as well, like issues with digestion, things like that. And I was like, okay, well, those are likely connected. And so 
we did a stool test and it showed like she had severe dysbiosis, which is like your gut bacteria is like out of control and not like how it should be. And she had yeast overgrowth. And so we started treating like the yeast overgrowth. Um, the cool thing, those stool studies are so specific. It told me like she wasn't digest, like chewing enough when she was eating. She wasn't having a high enough intake of fiber. So these are all things that we started changing. Um, which, so we're working on that. And I'm very excited because then it just shows you if this works and she gets better, that everybody was looking at her like a piece, right? Like we're looking at your eyes, we're looking at your head, we're looking at this, but this was just like whole person, you know, treat the gut and everything else gets better. And that's usually the case. Talk a little bit more about the um, leaky gut syndrome. Uh, I'm familiar with Dr. Hyman and some of the others, I guess, like you that are practicing whole medicine, uh, integrative medicine and whatnot. But that's a huge issue that heart disease, uh, a lot of other types of diseases that are treated kind of individually or compartmentalized, it really starts in the gut. Talk a little bit about that, if you would, for our listeners. Yeah. So the gut has like the high, your immune system, right, is mostly in your gut. And when you're eating things, which are highly processed foods, gluten, sugars, what happens is that you're making your, your intestines and your gut work harder than they need to. And then like the synapses that they form, right, that keep everything together kind of break apart and cause inflammation. So when you have inflammation in the gut, it actually causes systemic inflammation everywhere. And that's going to affect people differently. Like you just mentioned, you know, it's a cause of autoimmune disorders as well. Um, it can also cause skin disorders. So the, a lot of the things that we see as like, oh, this, this is just autoimmune or this is just, you know, you have eczema comes from the gut, but it's just the inflammation that's caused by the stuff that we're eating that's breaking down the the walls, basically. It seems like inflammation is just a huge, huge issue for everything in our body. So big. And that's why they have things like the anti-inflammatory diet, right? Which is kind of based off of the Mediterranean diet, yes. which aims to decrease inflammation. And that's why, you know, when, when you're eating something, you have to think like, is this going to cause inflammation or is this going to decrease the inflammation? And inflammation not only can cause heart disease, obesity, diabetes, um, dementia, but it's also a cause for like accelerated aging, mm. right? You know, you're, if you're constantly having this inflammation, you're going to age quicker than someone who is just a little bit more mindful um, of what they're eating and how they're exercising and decreasing the inflammation in their body. Well, my goodness, I'd love to have you on here for another hour and a half because there's about 50 more questions that I have for you. It's completely self-serving, things I want to know about me. But uh, we do have to wind up here. So where do you hope to take uh, Health for Roots? So like I said, I would love this to be something that I do full time. I already have the health coach, which you know was awesome to have her incorporated. I would love to add a nutritionist um, as well. And right now I'm only telehealth-based. Yes. But, um, you know, depending on how this goes and, and the response I see from people, then we would establish, you know, hopefully a building where we could actually have sessions where we're teaching people how to cook, teaching people how to meditate, like real time. And that would be that would be the way to go. 
Well, it seems to me like there's a real demand for this, and I'm sure that that you're going to get there uh, and, and sooner rather than later, we hope. So, uh, well, if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they contact you? Okay, so I have um, the Instagram, which is at healthfulrootsmd. They can also shoot me an email at info at healthfulrootsmd.com. Um, and those are, or the website, www.healthfulrootsmd.com would be the quickest well, ways. Well, that's wonderful. Dr. Victoria, thanks for being on the show. Let's do it again real soon. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. All righty, thank you. Thank you.